And we are actually continuing today in a series called Knowing My Life's Direction. So we've been preaching on this for a bit, and I believe it is so important that we know what our next is. We know where God's taking us because then we can move forward in it. And we move forward in it with joy, with passion, and with life. But if we're unsure of where we're going or what's happening, we can often live confused and frustrated and unsure. And every time something happens we don't like, we're unsure. We need to be sure. And we can be sure because God wants us to know our life's direction. I'm going to say it again as I have in each message. We don't need a crystal clear picture of our entire life's journey or our life's plan, but we do need to know our next. And if we have no clue what our next is, there's a good chance we're going to go around in circles or simply walk around aimless. Knowing is a good thing. Psalm 32 verse 8 says this, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. The Lord wants to be an advisor. The Lord wants to give you direction. He doesn't want to leave you clueless. He didn't ask you to serve him and then say, figure it out. I hope you have fun and leave. He wants to be right there with you. As a matter of fact, Jesus told his closest followers this. He said, hey, you're going to be one with me just like I'm one with the Father. That's a close relationship. That's not a God who's far off. That's not a God who is beyond reach and we just talk to him once in a while when we need something and don't even expect a response. Being one with someone is a close relationship where there's response going back and forth. So if Jesus said he wants us to be one with him and the Father, that means there should be relationship and conversation. So how does that look? Well, in our series, this is what we're talking about. How does that look? Because obviously God is a spirit, and we have a spirit, so the conversation will not be natural in the natural. It will be a spiritual thing. So I'm going to help you understand that. It's not a strange thing. It should not be unusual but it will be different than you and me talking to each other. Okay? But it is definitely good. Today we want to look again at how God wants to direct us, and we've looked at a couple ways already. We talked about how he directs us through Scripture, which I believe is the main one. We also talked a little bit about how he directs by his Holy Spirit, and today we're going to look again at some of the ways he directs by his Holy Spirit, but some different ones than we did last week. So I believe God wants to direct us by his Holy Spirit, and some scripture makes that very clear. Psalm 48, 14. It says, For this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. He wants to advise us. He wants to be our guide. Has anybody ever gone on a holiday and you went on some trek or out in the backwoods, and you took a guide. Anybody ever gone somewhere where you needed a guide? A couple people. You listened to whatever the guide said, didn't you? If he said, go here, you went. If he said, don't go there, because, you know, there's snakes or whatever, you listened. 
and the trip went well. I remember somebody telling me about a trip they went on, and I don't actually remember who, so if you're here, it was a good story because I remember it. I just don't remember who told me. But anyways, they went on this trip, and I'm, I'm thinking it was a honeymoon trip, not sure, but uh, they went somewhere off in South America, and they were climbing up to the top of a mountain, but they had guides. And when they went on this trip, they didn't carry any packs, but the guide would guide them, and the guide had helpers who carried all their packs. And they would get up in the morning, they just had a water bottle and what they needed, and the guide would say, okay, we're headed out now, the others that I have with me, they're going to pack up your camp, and then uh, they'll follow. But as they're going on the trip, they follow directions, the, the path they're going to go on, this kind of jungle terrain, you don't just walk off on your own, unless you want to get bit by something, scary. So they follow, but as they're going down this path, they'll hear a call from the back. And their guide told them, whenever you hear that call, you just step off the trail. And so they'd hear the call, and everybody step off the trail. And here'd come one of the other guide helpers with a massive pack running up the trail. And they said they were out of air just from walking up the trail, but these guides were always doing this and they would carry the camp and the packs and the food, and they would run past them up the trail. And by the time they'd get to the next stop, the entire camp was set up and food was ready. You see, having a guide is a pretty good thing. If you took that trail on your own and tried to pack your own pack and do your own thing, well, you wouldn't have made it far. I believe the Lord wants us to have an amazing life journey, and he wants to be our guide. And he also has helpers in place for us. They're called angels. They're called other people. They're called spouses. They're called friends. So I think it's a good idea to let him guide us. All right, now that guide on those trips that maybe you went on, they were right there face to face, both of you human beings, and it was easy to hear them. I believe it's also easy to hear the Lord, but because it's different, many of us miss it. John 16, 13, Jesus said this. He said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. That's your life plan tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Okay? He wants to let you know. Now today I want to look at some of the other ways Holy Spirit will speak. Last week we looked at how he speaks using the Spirit gifts. Today I'm going to show you three other ways that are Holy Spirit ways of speaking to us. And the first one is the still, small voice. Now if you've attended here for a while, you've probably heard me mention this one before. The still, small voice after scripture, we've talked about that in a different message, is probably the main one uh, that the Holy Spirit uses. Isaiah 30 verse 21 says this, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. That is talking about the Holy Spirit giving us really clear directions. 
Now, I want to put some balance on this getting direction thing. You don't have to wake up in the morning and ask the Holy Spirit what you should eat for breakfast, okay? We don't want to go extreme on this. It's okay. You pick whatever cereal you want. Or if you're an egg person, somebody here has chickens. You can eat eggs every morning. Go ahead. So we don't have to be extreme about this. He's given us wisdom and understanding. We can make daily decisions that are healthy. But he also wants to be our guide on a regular basis. Enough so that he's willing to say, "Uh, no, don't go that way. Or, yeah, that's good. You're on the right path. Keep going. That's a good guide. And 1 Kings 19 verse 11 is a story about the prophet Elijah where we really hear this term, still small voice. And Elijah has actually just had an amazing time with God doing great miracles. He actually took on the false prophets of Baal up on the mountain and he set them a challenge, whichever God sends fire and consumes the sacrifices to true God and All of Israel was watching. And, well, the prophets of Baal had no fire come down. Elijah prayed and the fire came and consumed the sacrifice and the rocks of the altar. Everything burned. And then Elijah went to pray because, you see, there had been no rain for almost three years by a word that he had spoke from God. And he went to pray and he said, there's rain coming, you need to get down from here. God is sending rain because people had turned back. It was an amazing, miraculous time for Elijah. And I think maybe in his mind he was thinking, this is awesome, the whole country is going to turn back, everything's going to change. And he goes to the palace and they tell Jezebel, who is the king's wife, who happens to kind of run the show at that time. You see, her husband Ahab was, well, he just gave in to whatever she wanted. So she kind of ran the show. And Ahab goes back and says, it's great. This is what happened with Elijah, and it's raining. And I think he even thought this is great and something good. And her comment, if Elijah's still living by this time tomorrow, there's something wrong. I'm killing him. He's done. And at that moment, Elijah went from something great is going to happen to, well, that was a big waste of time. Nothing great is going to happen. And he got extremely depressed. They were real people back then. And he said, that's it. I quit. I don't even want to be alive anymore. And he took off. He was running for his life, but he didn't need to run for his life. God had already protected him from hundreds of prophets who would have wanted to kill him. The king and the soldiers of the king always had with him. But at this moment, he had given up. And he ran And he went without food, and God sent an angel and gave him food. He ended up at a cave. Here he is, hiding in a cave, wishing he wasn't alive. That's about as low as you can get. The mighty man of God. And there he is, wishing he wasn't alive. Did you know pastors are real people too? But God is faithful. God never lets his people down. Even at that moment, Elijah's done giving up, saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And God comes to him in that cave, and he hears a word saying, you need to go out. I'm going to speak to you. And in 1 Kings 19.11, I want to pick up there in Scripture. And then he said, go out 
and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rock in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. The still, small voice, that term means the sound of gentle calm, stillness, or a whisper. Church, in the natural, you can't hear a gentle calm. But oh, you can sense it. You can feel it. The same with the still, small voice of the Lord. You won't hear it with these ears, but you will hear it with your spirit. And you'll know it's Him. Some liken it to a peace. Sometimes people have decisions, and in prayer they'll say, Lord, let me know what it is. Is this direction right? And suddenly they feel this peace. And they know that's the answer. That's the way. The still, small voice. Elijah hears the still, small voice, and it said he puts his garment on and he heads out. He knows this is him. You see, at that moment... Elijah did not need a miraculous show. He didn't need an earthquake. He didn't need a fire. He did not need a massive miracle. Elijah had seen miracles. He spoke the word and seen them happen. He'd seen someone who was dead come back to life. But yet he was still in a cave ready to give up. Because Elijah did not need to feel more goosebumps. He needed direction. He needed to hear a still, small voice giving him his next. If you're here today and you begin to lose hope, you need direction. Not another jumping, shouting, dancing, woo! You need direction. I love the Pentecostal church, and that's why I'm pastoring one, and I've been to meetings over the years that would some of you'd be scared of. You'd never come back. <laughs> but you know what? As amazing as those are, if you go away from them and all you can go away from is that was a great experience. No, 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 no. You need direction. If you have left with nothing to act on, with nothing to take your life forward, you've just had an experience, that's all. And, you know, we're doing this series, and I want you to be able to hear with your ears the Spirit so that you can move forward. But if you come to a service and God speaks to you and directs you in some way, don't go home after and be like, oh, that was a great service. I felt goosebumps. It was so amazing. I was like, oh, what did the Lord say to you? I don't know, but it was so awesome. Uh, Pointless. Okay, sorry, ladies. I'll, I'll use the guys, too, because that's kind of unfair. Oh, the service was so great. Huh. I just felt shivers up and down my spine. Ugh. Oh, what did the Lord speak to you? Duh, duh, uh, I don't know, but it was awesome. <laughs> okay, now we're even. Church, when you leave this place, you should always have something that will help you move forward. And because we're specifically talking about your life's direction, I believe in this season, God wants to clearly give you something. Please, please, please keep it. Put it somewhere 
that you can act on it. John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Mm. Another version says they know his voice. Do we know his voice? Do you know what the voice of Jesus sounds like? I'm going to help you a bit because I believe many of you have heard him, but maybe because you weren't aware, you're not even recognizing it's him. I can tell you some things from Scripture, what his voice sounds like. His voice is going to sound like love because he is love. Okay? His voice is going to be the voice of forgiveness, not condemnation because that's what he came to bring. If you're hearing voices that are telling you you're no good, you're a failure, it's not him. I'm going to give you some it's not him stuff here right now. If you're hearing voices, well, you're a big mistake, that's not him. His voice will say, come, I forgive you. His voice will say, you have no idea what I have next. The voice of Jesus will lift you up. Every single time. Even... Yeah, go ahead. Every single time. Even if he's bringing correction, he will still lift you up. He has the ability to do it. That's who he is. That's his voice. His voice will never tell you to do something that goes against Scripture. Ever. It will line up. He will never tell you, oh, you should divorce and marry somebody else's spouse. Scripture says not. That's not his voice. I know you laugh. Years ago, I heard a story about a pastor who actually said, oh, the Holy Spirit told me I was supposed to divorce my wife and marry somebody else because it would be better for ministry. What? Man, you are deceived. That's not the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus is never going to tell you you should you know, go steal some stuff to get ahead. <laughs> well, because you know it's here. Okay, so there's some really good things you can know. All right? So there's some things it's not. But it will be a voice of love. It will be a voice that takes you forward. If you want to hear the still small voice, and again, in the past we've done messages completely on this topic, but I'm kind of just hitting them today for you in the area of direction. If you want to hear the still small voice, get in a place where other loud distractions are absent. If this is something new to you, get yourself in a spot that's quiet. Some people will say, well, I like to listen to worship music. If you get into every worship music that you listen to, then I would say shut that off also because you'll hear the music instead of the voice. Okay? Worship music is awesome. And there are even times in Scripture where they asked for somebody to play music and then heard from the Lord. So, but I found for some people, even that is too much and they can't hear. So get in a quiet place. Okay? You know, make sure the kids are at school or outside for those of you who have kids. Get in a quiet place and then ask him. And when he answers, or when you feel like maybe he answered, if this is new to you, you might get it wrong. You might not even be sure, but if you don't start, how do you know? So pray what you feel he's bringing into your spirit or your thoughts, if that works for some of you, to bring less confusion. Often when the Lord speaks to the spirit, it's so similar to our thoughts it can be like, okay, that's my thoughts. Go ahead. If that's where he speaks, that's where he speaks. And I guarantee you, if you do that and you 
practice doing that, the time will come where you can ask him a question in here, even in the busiest shopping center, because you've come to recognize the still small voice. Okay, I'm going to leave it like that. We're actually going to take a little bit of time at the end of service to practice, okay? Like, practice? Yes, practice, okay. <laughs> They're like, what are we going to do? Don't worry, we'll get there. But before we get to there, I want to also mention two other ways the Holy Spirit can speak uh, beyond the gifts of the Spirit. And one of those is dreams. You see, dreams from the Holy Spirit are a way that the Lord can give us direction. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says, Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. So the Lord is saying that He is going to pour out His Holy Spirit, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, would begin to show people things with dreams, visions, and prophecy. All right, that's what it's talking about. His Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts and continues to be poured out to believers who ask for it. And so with that, the Holy Spirit can speak in dreams and visions and prophecy. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 12. Here is where God spoke to some people in dreams. And the first one we're reading about here is the wise men. And it says, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to turn to Herod. So God spoke to them in a dream about direction they should take that would protect, that would change the course of history if they didn't listen. Direction's pretty important. But not only that, now God speaks in a dream to baby Jesus' father. It says, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. A dream for direction that needed to be acted on right away. God wants to speak to you, and it's for your good. We need to learn to listen. Obviously, Joseph and Mary were people who were good with listening in the area of dreams and understood them because the Lord spoke to them a couple times in that area. For us, when we talk about dreams, I caution people a little bit with dreams because all of us have dreams, you know, all of us with a brain will have dreams. It's scientific. Your, your brain keeps working at night. So I'll ask now, who doesn't have... No. <laughs> we all have dreams. Okay. <laughs> like, you're not funny this morning, Pastor. We're tired. Okay. <laughs> but the dreams from the Holy Spirit are different than our own dreams. Because you see, we can dream from the busyness of a day, Scripture says. You can just dream from, oh, I went to sleep and all these thoughts were in my mind and you start dreaming about it. But dreams from the Holy Spirit are different because they're from Him, not from our busyness, not from our brain. Okay? And if you're unsure, well, is this a dream from the Lord? I always tell people, get confirmation. Because a dream can be confusing if it's new to you. All right? And also, in the area of dreams, if you're someone who's sensitive in the area of dreams, the enemy can, from time to time, try to use that area 
and try to, it's trying to steal an area that God wants to use. So what I mean by that, if, if you have nightmares quite a bit, get prayer for that. It's the enemy trying to use an avenue that maybe God would want to use in your life, okay? And he tries to rob it, right? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to rob that avenue where you don't even want dreams. But God has given you that for a reason, okay? So if you're having nightmares, get prayer. Also yourself, you can command those things to stop in Jesus' name if you're a believer, okay? And uh, you do that on a regular basis if necessary. I, uh, I'm going to say this because it came to my mind. I remember years ago, our six-year-old daughter was having nightmares. And I prayed for her a number of nights, and they kept coming back. And um, I told her, you know, you can also pray. Even though you're six, you're, you're saved. And when that dream starts, I told her, you can say in Jesus' name, go to whatever's happening, just in Jesus' name, if that's all you can say, then the dream will have to stop. You'll wake up or it'll stop. And uh, so she was like, okay. And uh, the next morning, we were talking, and she said, Dad, it didn't work. She was just looking at me, it didn't work. I was like, what do you mean it didn't work? I said, I said in Jesus' name, and it didn't stop. I said, oh, I said, well, you have to pray more than once sometimes. Did you know that? Oh, she said, okay. Next night, she had a dream. She woke up in the morning. She said, oh, Dad, guess what? Yeah, I had to pray more than once. It stopped. And she never was tormented by nightmares again because she knew she had authority at six years old. So I want to encourage you. You have authority. Dreams are an interesting way that God can give you a picture of the future. And for some of us that see pictures and it sticks, it never leaves you. I remember having a dream as a teenager about my future. And God clearly showed me things in the future. And I had specifically been asking him in prayer, well, what is my future? I was completely unsure, as most teenagers are, and you don't have to rush it. But at that point in my life, I really wanted to know. And I took time to pray, and uh, I didn't get an answer the first night I prayed. And I can't remember exactly how many nights, but I prayed and kept asking, Lord, I want to know something. And I was praying and reading my Bible because I know God can speak through the Bible. And I ended up falling asleep there the one time after prayer, and I had a dream. And I don't remember my dreams, by the way. I was going to say I don't dream, but then you'd think I don't have it. Anyways, I don't remember my dreams, <coughs> but uh, I remember this one very clear. And in the dream, I saw myself, and we are at some type of meeting, and I was sitting on this rickety old bench, but I could tell there was lots of people in front of me, and suddenly somebody calls me up to preach. I thought, well, that's funny, because... I didn't preach then. I did sing quite a bit as a teenager, but no preaching. And I thought, well, that's cool. And they called me up, so I'm heading out this aisle. And as I head out, I see individuals who would play a part in my life's journey down the road. But in the dream, I didn't really know that at the time. But very significant. And then I turned up the aisle towards where you would go to preach, like coming up the center. And as I was going up the aisle... I noticed the chairs were changing. It was different now. It wasn't the rugged benches and the old chairs, and I could tell, okay, this, what's happening here? Something's getting better. As I was thinking that in the dream, suddenly from where I'm looking, and by the way, in the dream, it was my teenage self looking, and I was thinking, why am I a little bit taller? But anyways, all of a sudden, whoop, 
I went like this, and the next thing I know, I'm seeing the back of somebody. And this person is kind of going like this, dancing up the aisle. And I remember as my teenage self thinking, hey, that guy looks funny. But anyways, <laughs> uh, in the dream, it was me. I'm laughing a little bit about he looks funny. And then I noticed there's kids in front of this guy. And I noticed there's a, a lady in front of this guy. So um, in my dream, oh, this is a family, obviously. And the lady is worshiping the Lord. And I can see her hand so vivid, so clear. And it's this small, brownish, tan-looking hand. And, uh, you know, I'm still kind of laughing that this guy looks funny. And all of a sudden, it hit me. That's me. And just like that, I woke up, sat up in bed. I was like, oh, my goodness. God just showed me something. And I need to find that hand. Okay, it wasn't quite like that. but. <laughs> and I would like to say, I found that hand. Or maybe she found me, but she's back there. But so, yes, God can show things. And, you know, it is stuck with me for my entire life from that time and given me such a knowing, such a sureness that ministry is my calling. No matter how tough it is, no matter those days that aren't as great as the high days, I have no doubts because he gave me something clear. So you need something clear, he's willing to give it. Okay, I gotta move on. Visions are also a way that God can speak. A vision obviously is Similar to a dream, but you're wide awake, but you're seeing picture. So you see something beyond the natural, but you're awake. Has anybody here ever had a vision? Okay, some of you have. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I've had that happen a couple times as well, and the first time it happened to me, I just thought it was I was actually seeing what I was seeing, and then later I realized, oh, yeah, that's impossible. So, oh, that was a vision. Okay. So it does work that way, and God shows those things as well to direct us. Look at Acts chapter 16 and verse 9. Paul has a vision, and God directs him. It says, That night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Paul and his companions were actually Asking the Lord, where should we go next? God gives him a vision of a man saying, please come help us from a certain area. And he knows, we're going. God has said it. You see, because God wants to direct your steps. And he'll give you what you need to be directed. That's also really key. What do you need to be directed? Some maybe need a little more than others to really be sure. Maybe you're a more cautious person. And God needs to give you a little more before you can step. Maybe you're one of those ones that runs at everything, so he's like, don't show him anything yet. You know, wait till the day before. But he will definitely lead you in a way that works for you. Habakkuk 2, verse 2. All this good stuff we're talking about is really important, but I want you to get this and not forget it. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run that reads it. This entire series that we're doing about God giving you direction for your life plan. I'm going to say this, and if this is the only thing you get from this message today, it it could be enough. When he shows you something, write it down. Please, write it down. Because again, if you don't allow him, if you don't put it where you can remember it and take action on it, 
it becomes a waste of time. And the way we take action on things is if we have it where we can see it again. We have busy lives and it's easy to forget what came to us. It's easy to forget when it gets tough. It's easy to forget when some other louder voices are telling you something different. But when you've written it down, it's sure. So when you know God has spoken to you in some way, you're like 80% sure. You know, when you're new at this, you might not be 100% sure. Was that dream from, was, write it down anyways. Okay? Write it down so you can go back and look. And I tell you, it will build your faith, especially when you write something down and God brings it to pass, exactly like you wrote it down when he showed you. You're like, yes, he is real. He is directing me. So write it down. Have a notebook or nowadays you've got one of those fancy phones with a pen and you keep notes in there. That's okay too. But write it down somewhere that you can go back and look. And you will be Blessed if you do, you'll be able to take action on it at the right time. Remember, direction from the Holy Spirit in whatever form is not just supposed to be a cool experience. It's meant for you to take action on and to move in that direction. Listen to whatever he's saying and do it. I want to finish today, and I told you I was going to finish with some practice. I am going to pray with you first. And what I'm going to pray with you as a group right where you're seated I'm going to pray that the Lord gives us ears to hear what His Spirit's saying. There's scripture in uh, Revelation where always before they start, it says, He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying. So we need ears to hear. So ears can be blocked. People can be purposely not wanting to hear in the Spirit. But I'm going to pray that, hey, we have open ears to his spirit. Okay, so if you're here today and you want that, I'm going to be praying for you. If you're unsure or whatever, that's okay. You can ask questions after and ask for prayer or you can wait. Uh, again, prayer is only works for you if you're receiving it. So don't ever be like, oh, he's praying that. Is that going to be okay? It's if you want it, okay? So I'm going to pray over you for that. And then after that, we're going to ask the Lord to give us something and we're going to believe for him to show us and I'm mostly talking about the still, small voice when we pray that. But he might show somebody in a vision or a dream later. Uh, that's up to him. Okay? So everybody okay with that? All right. So I'm going to pray with you first. So just bow with me. Lord, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you, Lord, that these are your children. As each one has said, yes, they're saved. And Lord, I thank you that you want to direct them. You want to guide their steps for their entire life. So Lord, right now, I declare Open ears in the Spirit. I thank you they have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. I declare it. I believe it now. And Lord, any spiritual blockage to anybody's ears, we command it be gone right now. Fear that might be keeping someone from hearing, we command fear leave. Religion that might be keeping someone from hearing, we command it be broken curses that might be causing someone to be unable to hear in the spirit we break those right now 